everyone. Welcome back to Enjoy the Book of Life. Today, I'm very excited to start a new series on the specialty tools. So uh, last year in the fall, I talked about a brand new segment this season uh, where we're going to be looking at specialty tools uh, in contrast to the basic Bible study tools. So if you haven't checked those out, episodes one and two talk about four different tools that you can use in your own personal Bible study, no matter where you are. Uh, I call them tools because relating it to a toolbox, if you look in a plumber's toolbox, or you look in a carpenter's toolbox, or you look in a roofer's toolbox, you're going to find some of the same tools. They're all going to have a tape measure. They're all going to have a level. They're all going to have a hammer. Uh, so there are certain tools that no matter where you are, you can use them. So these are the basic, the, those are the basic Bible study tools that it doesn't matter if you're in the prophets or the Psalms or historical narrative, you can use those same tools anywhere you go. So very helpful. If you haven't checked those out, episodes one and two, break those down for you. And it, those were really the structure of the Bible study um, that I, I've had the pleasure of leading in the past. Now, the specialty tools, this is like if I go into the plumber's bag, he's going to have certain tools that the roofer is not going to have. And the roofer, in turn, is going to have tools that the carpenter is not going to have. So we're all going to have uh, some different tools. So if I'm in a book like Song of Solomon, which is this beautiful love letter, a, a poetical book, I'm not going to read it the same way as I read Romans, which is a legal document with arguments and, and questions and counter-arguments and uh, all, all those sorts of things. In the same way that if my wife wrote me a love letter, I'm not going to read it the same way as I read uh, the, the deed for a house. Uh, so th it's very different. And so when we go to these different passages, yes, there are certain uh, tools that we can use no matter where I'm studying. But there are also some specialty tools that will give us extra insights into these other areas. Now, sometimes there's overlap with the genres, and we'll talk more about those. I'll have an episode about that. But today, I'm going to actually group two together. I want to talk about historical narrative, and then I want to talk about the law. Um, and this is looking specifically at the Levitical law within the five uh, or the within the Pentateuch. So sometimes in the Bible, when it talks about the law, it's referring to the law of Moses. Sometimes it's talking about the Ten Commandments. Sometimes it's talking about uh, the first five books of the Bible, and sometimes even more of the Old Testament, speaking of, haven't you read the law? And um, so I'm speaking specifically uh, where we have the listings uh, after uh, Mount Sinai, and we're looking at the law. But first, I want to look at historical narrative. So historical narrative, this is anywhere that we have a story, a, a retelling of history, um, the story of history, a historical narrative. So uh, we have this uh, for a good chunk of the first portion of the Old Testament, um, where you've got good portions of the Pentateuch speaking all the way back to Adam, 
and then through the lives of Noah and the flood, all the way up to Abraham and, and the patriarchs, and then going down to Egypt, and then you have cut them coming out of captivity. You have Joshua and the conquering of the land and the time of the judges, then the time of the kings, and then uh, being taken away into captivity, and then even some time in the captivity. So we've got a good portion of the, these are historical narrative. Then when we go into the New Testament, we have the Gospels and the book of Acts. And you get little hints uh, in other books as well. Like I said, that you, you'll get some overlap. But the, these are, it, this is a huge portion of the scriptures are, uh, would fall into this category of historical narrative. So I have four specialty tools. And these, again, this isn't super in-depth. This is you know, you try these out and and get your feet wet, so to speak. You know, dip your toes in the water and and almost have these as a checklist, so that when you're reading or and studying one of these portions of scripture, see which of these apply and try to dig into it a little bit. It'll give you a few extra directions to go when you're trying to study the the scriptures. So number one make connections with major events, major characters, and similar stories. So as I'm reading through, I want to think, okay, was a major event, what major events are connected to this? So what did this happen, or what happened just before this, just after this? Uh, where is this in context to other events? So if I'm going, let's say I'm in uh, Haggai, and this is a prophetic book, but I need to know that this book connects to the the, the captivity, that this is a, a post-captivity book, that after they have come out of captivity. Or as I'm reading, I should know, okay, um, here's a story with Abraham. Was this before he offered Isaac uh, or after? Uh, is this before Isaac was born? And, and kind of getting a, a flow of things when it comes to other stories in the Bible. This is a great way to build your Bible knowledge, making those connections. When, what other things were happening during this time? What happened just before it? What happened just after it? Along with that are major characters. So uh, if, let's say, I'm going through Nehemiah, I need to know that Ezra the next book, th that they were contemporaneous, that they happened at the same time, and they actually uh, show up in, in each other's books, right? And we make a little cameo. And so uh, having those connections with major characters and knowing, okay, where did Elijah and Elisha fall with these other prophets? And, and making those connections so that uh, the... There's that meaning and those those stories, they can connect in your mind. Uh, it gives you a better overarching understanding, but then it can also lead you into discoveries and, and understanding during that time. But then also similar stories. So if I'm reading through a scripture and say, hey, hang on a second, right? Here's Abraham, and he's saying his wife is his sister. 
And then you go over and you say, wait a second, Isaac did the same thing. And so you find those similar stories. You can actually see uh, what are the differences, what are similar. Uh, obviously, there's some similarity, but there are differences. And, and being able to compare and contrast uh, can be very helpful. For example, another example, if I'm going through the book of John and I'm reading John 3, I see Jesus having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Nicodemus. I go over a chapter and I'm on John 4, and here's Jesus having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the Samaritan woman. We have a very similar situation. And to take the time and to say, how do these differ? How are they the same, right? They're both alone. Why were they alone? Well, Nicodemus came by night. Uh, well, the Samaritan woman came by day in the heat of the day when no one else would travel out to get water. Well, why did Nicodemus want to be alone? Why did the woman want to not be uh, around the other women of the city, right? And to ask, see those similarities, see those differences, and to make those contrasts. So anywhere where we see those similarities, to make connections and, and to have a little bit of uh, compare and contrast. Uh, the second one is to have dispensational considerations. So when it comes to these dispensations, we see uh, through the scriptures, God deals with people in different ways, okay? Now, a dispensation is not necessarily a certain period of time, but it is a stewardship that God has given. So God gave to us, um, or God gave to Abraham this covenant. God gives the law. And uh, so we have these different things that prior to the law, there was no law. And so God doesn't hold them accountable to the law because they didn't have the law. Then the law came and now God dealt differently. Now, this we have to be careful here. The gospel didn't change, right? And the book of Romans is great with this. And we'll maybe talk about this uh, when we get to the exposition where uh, God or or yeah, God through his spirit shows that Abraham was born of faith. But then the next example he uses is David. And why? Why Abraham? Why David? Well, Abraham was before the law. David was after the law. And so he's showing that even before the law, after the law, salvation uh, was the same. Uh, there's only one way to be saved in the scriptures. So that's so dispensations don't have uh, things to do with that. However, there are changes. There are different ways God uses. So for example, Joshua conquers Canaan, which brings his people into the land for an inheritance. But he's at the same time uh, uh, bringing judgment on the Canaanites. So uh, this is a situation where I'm, as a Christian, I'm not going to be called to carry out the vengeance of God. In fact, when we read in Romans, it says that vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. And my responsibility as a Christian is to love my enemies, not to slaughter them. And so uh, 
we have these differences. Now, all scripture is profitable. It's all beneficial for me to read and study, and it's it's practical to me, but it's not all applicable in that way. So it's not all written to me, but it's all written for my learning, and we need to be able to make that distinction. So it's important when I'm going through a historical narrative to be able to say, okay, uh, how is this different from now? And uh, even when we get into the New Testament, when we're going through the Gospels, it's important. Uh, my dad and I just had an episode on the transition through the book of John. And if you haven't seen that episode, it's a great episode. Um, and so I, I would highly encourage you to check that one out because it shows that in the time that Christ was on the earth, a transition was happening uh, from the old to the new. And the church hadn't been born, uh, and Christ was on the earth. And so it it's, it's, takes some careful examination to see uh, what exactly is going on. But we need to have that careful consideration when going through historical narrative. So we need to have these dispensational considerations. Next is to trace people, places, things, and ideas. And this was really the idea behind the whole series, and, and again— Check out our People, Places, Things episodes that I have with my dad, where we take uh, a thing, a place, uh, something, and we trace it through the scriptures. And this is really important where I can say, okay, here are the Levitical sacrifices. And we see them, uh, their institution in, in the wilderness. Uh, the institutionalization of the Levitical sacrifices. And then how does it go? And how do the Levitical sacrifices go? Do the people carry them on throughout, uh, throughout the history of Israel? We'll see uh, at the dedication of the temple, this huge uh, offering to the Lord. And uh, so we see all these different stories, linking them back, talking about the burnt offering, talking about uh, certain offerings and being able to say, okay, where where was this institutionalized? Going back and reading the prescribed method and, and how everything, how the priests were to work with it. So being able to trace those things through the scriptures. And then uh, specifically, and this is number four, is to locate and trace geographical references. So this is really a zoom in on the places. So when we look at uh, Abraham offering Isaac, we find out that it's Mount Moriah, the same place where God the Father sent his son to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And of course, there's Abraham. He rejoiced to see that day. Uh, the, the day when the Lord would come. And like he said, uh, God will supply a lamb. And there he was, the Lord Jesus, on the same hill uh, offered by his father um, for the sins of the world. So making those connections, and, and again, you can check out our People, Places, Things, how uh, enriching those studies can be. And but again, this takes stopping and noticing and saying, okay, where was this? Okay, this was in Hebron. What else happened in Hebron? And again, we have some great tools where I can type that in 
and a whole list comes up and I can uh, look for the connections because again, these things aren't random. The Holy Spirit has um, has given to us this, this living word and rich of beautiful truths. So these are our four uh, specialty tools for historical narrative. If you're finding yourself uh, in one of these passages in the gospel in Acts, you know, one of the things you have to do, make connections with the major events, major characters, similar stories. Number two, have dispensational considerations. Take time uh, to think through that. Number three, trace people, places, things, and ideas. And then finally, actually notice those geographical, lo geographical locations and trace those through as well. So I hope that will uh, enrich your time in the historical narrative. Now, I also want to hit law because uh, we have a quite a bit of overlap, and I didn't want to want do a whole nother episode on the law. Uh, first, I have find historical connections. So, for example, if you look and you see the law of the bond servant, this is a very well-known section. Uh, I want to read uh, Deuteronomy 15.15, and it says, uh, this is part of the law, uh, concerning the bondservant, and it specifically references here, it says, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this thing today. So going through, if I'm studying Deuteronomy 15 and I read that, I need to say, oh, what's this story? I need to become familiar with the redemption of Israel out of the land of Egypt, because it gives more meaning to that specific law. So as you're going through, uh, where was this law put into effect? Was it ever put into effect? Uh, are there stories, examples of this law? Uh, another good example is the priests are given a ritual as to when someone is cured for leprosy. Now, for hundreds of years, these priests all had to learn this ritual. Well, no one was ever cured of leprosy. The only person in the Old Testament was Naaman. And he was a Gentile. He didn't go to the high priest. And so this had never been put into effect until the Lord Jesus, and he heals the lepers. And he says, now go show yourselves to the priests. You know, follow the law. Go and show them that you truly have been cleansed. So finding those connections with historical events can really make some good connections, especially as you're going through uh, these sections of what seems very technical, uh, finding those 3D versions uh, that actually took place. Uh, another one, and this is uh, trace people, places, things, and ideas. So again, when I'm going through the law, I'll find laws concerning strangers. Well, where else does it talk about strangers? And there's a great chapter C.H. Waller uh, has on I was a stranger. And uh, he connects the laws concerning the stranger and in the poetry books, when mentions of the stranger and in the prophetic books. And then he links it all to when the Lord Jesus said, I was a stranger. And so again, making those connections uh, really can can add some depth and some some ways to uh, take your study, directions to take your study. 
And then the last one is, again, having dispensational consideration. So uh, there are laws about how to treat defeated uh, um, enemies. And again, that's that's going to be very different for me as a, a Christian living in 2023. So having those considerations, I think, is important. So again, for the law, the three are find historical connections to the law, uh, trace people, places, things, and ideas, and then finally have dispensational considerations. So I hope that uh, this is helpful for you and that uh, this will encourage your time to enjoy the book of life. Mm -hmm.